Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Things to Consider Before Harvesting a Market Animal at Home. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Brianna Boozman, who's the Youth Meets Nebraska Extension Educator. Thanks for joining me today, Brianna. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Brianna, this has been an interesting year in that we've seen some disruptions to the supply chain in terms of harvesting of cattle and pork, and that's resulted in some scenarios where sometimes we've seen a backlog of cattle and pork, and sometimes we're looking for a place to go with those animals, and specifically as we think about private locker plants, many of those are booked up now well over a year out, and so this has raised some interest by folks to think about the possibility of harvesting an animal at home rather than taking it to a commercial harvest facility. In this article, you talk about some key things that folks need to think about and understand before they engage in that kind of project. And just share with us some of the things that you think are important to understand and know before you take something like that on. Absolutely. So uh, like you said, just with Um, A lot of different factors that are playing out. There's been a lot of opportunities and a lot of questions that we've been getting on our end about, uh, you know, we have this finished animal. We don't know what to do with it. Um, If we want to try to harvest it at home, what should we go about uh, doing to make that happen? And this seems like a pretty doable task. And, you know, this article wasn't written to discourage that from happening. However, Uh, It was written to really remind you to think through those steps uh, prior to taking that jump. It is a really, really big task, um, especially to keep in mind uh, safety. So number one is food safety. That final product that you're going to get, is it going to be edible and a good eating experience? Additionally with that, you want to think about the safety of the people who are actually going to be uh, doing this project and taking on this task. Do you have the right equipment, the right facility uh, to be able to handle that, as well as uh, keeping animal welfare in mind, uh, making sure that it's an efficient process that actually, you know, honors that life of that animal. Um, And so it can be a good eating experience then um, as well for your family. And finally, meat quality, making sure that if you're going to put in this work that it uh, not only is safe, but that it's going to uh, taste great as well. So one of the first things you mentioned in the article was food safety and specifically thinking about can you cool the carcass and keep it clean to ensure safety. And I think that's really an important thing, specifically as you think about beef. You know, I think sometimes people think that, well, it's the time of year here. It's November, December. We can harvest that animal and it's it's fairly cool outside. We'll just uh, hang it in a garage or something like that. But really, it's critical to get that carcass cooled down in a timely way. Uh, Share some of the importance of that and maybe some things people should think through as they think about doing that. So uh, the the point with carcass cooling is food safety. That's really the number one priority. Um, You don't want it to hang in that danger zone uh, that's above that 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And yes, this time of year, it's really starting to cool down. uh, But, you know, it's cooling overnight. We're starting to get some warmer temps during the day. And so you want it to be able to get down into that 34 to 45 degrees uh, within 24 hours following harvest. And you want it to remain at that temperature or cooler. 
Uh, once it gets cooled down, that doesn't mean it's okay if it hangs during a 65 degree day. Uh, you really want to keep that carcass cool in order to maintain food safety. Um, additionally, following harvest, there's a lot of processes that go on uh, within that carcass that is actually converting that muscle to meat. There's changes in uh, the pH, there's changes in that muscle structure, and the timeliness of that happening along with the timeliness of it being cooled down, um, all of those changes go together and can impact that palatability and your end-all eating experience. And so making sure that it gets cooled um, is really important for safety as well as for quality. Um, and I will also touch on, I know you said with this time of year, you're thinking, oh, we can do this in a shop or in our barn, which is, is true. You know, that's probably where you're going to have the space to hang it. Uh, but you also need to remember that uh, the muscle or the, the carcass can absorb off flavors and odors. So if you're working in a shop that smells like diesel, um, it's going to actually be able to absorb that. Uh, additionally, dust is a great contaminant. And once that animal has been skinned um, and it's exposed with the fat and the lean, that's a great place for dust particles to stick uh, and then to allow for uh, bacteria growth. So not only do you want to make sure to keep it cool, but also make sure to keep it clean. As we think about further then processing that animal, hanging the carcass, and then as we think about further fabricating that, breaking it down into cuts and, and grind, what are some tools and some uh, things we need to have in place to further process that animal? So that's a great question. And I think something that's often overlooked, um, it's just thinking about, okay, once we have the animal hanging, what are we going to do to actually get it to your freezer? And you have to remember when you're uh, working with a beef carcass, it isn't just a few pounds of product. It's not something that's easily movable. Um, it's going to be hundreds of pounds. And uh, so making sure things like uh, meat saws and again, clean equipment, cool environment, that's got to be the first layer. Uh, but then uh, the meat saws, sharp knives, a sharp knife is a safe knife. Having hoists are actually the ability to lift and move that carcass around. Um, and even once it's broken into primals, those are still going to be really heavy pieces. Uh, so having enough people around to help with that. And even going further than that, I think a thing that's often really overlooked is the packaging. What are you actually going to put that product into? Um, again, safety. You want to make sure that it can be in an um, environment that's been cut off from oxygen. So if you have a vacuum sealer, that's a great option. Um, even products like uh, Ziploc, that brand, they make different vacuum seal products that you would be able to use or um, wraps using um, like a wax paper or actual meat paper uh, to freeze. All of that is really important um, to make sure to get as much of that oxygen out of that package and product to eliminate any chances for that food safety risk again, um, as well as off flavors from oxidation of that product. You also talk about the importance of making sure you have adequate freezer space. And I think this is one that, again, maybe you would think, well, we ought to know how much we, space we should have, but it can take quite a bit of freezer space as we think about a 11, 1200-pound steer if we're going to harvest that. How do we get a handle on really what are we going to need for space 
in terms of if we're going to take this animal and process it and make sure we have a place to store it? So really the rule of thumb is for a whole beef carcass, you're going to require approximately a 16 cubic foot freezer. Uh, so it's going to take up the bulk of that freezer space. Uh, remember, uh, if you're going to have the steaks, roasts, and that hamburger, that's a lot, a lot of space that it's going to take up. And even just talking about the freezer, just remembering how to actually freeze this product. If you're putting in um, all those pounds of freshly packaged product, uh, you want to freeze it kind of on a single layer to start. If you're putting it all in there um, just in one batch, it's going to be hard for it to get frozen through. So even keeping that in mind of as you're packaging, making sure to get it in the freezer as you go um, to give time for those cuts to get all the way frozen through before you're adding more uh, warm product back into that freezer. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic as we point towards wrapping this up? Um, I'd say just one of the big things to keep in mind uh, really from the get-go is animal welfare. I know I touched on that right from the start, just talking about the few things to keep in mind. Um, but just remember with this harvest process that um, the effectiveness of your stun um, and the timeliness of your exsanguination, getting it bled out, that's really important, not only from a quality and product side that can cause some issues, but also just being respectful of that animal's life um, and the product that it's actually going to provide your family. Uh, just remember to keep those things in mind, be ready from the get-go in terms of having the right equipment um, and ways just to make sure it's a safe, it's a clean uh, process and experience all the way through uh, to let you have a good product at the end. So uh, with that, I, I think you should be set to go and uh, hopefully it can be a good experience for everybody involved uh, helping with Home Harvest. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Brianna. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Wash podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, the title of the article, Things to Consider Before Harvesting a Market Animal at Home.